Welcome to Miss Viva Storyteller Podcast. This podcast is for anyone who has lost their voice and want to get it back. I lost my voice at a very young age, and it took me years of pain and hurt to get it back. On this podcast, I will bring you personal stories that will make you laugh, cry, think, heal, and in some cases, propel you into making new and better choices. At the end of each story, I give you my thoughts and I ask you probing questions to make you think. No one is perfect and no answer is wrong. So let's get started. I am so excited today to have Jeannie. I'm not going to say her whole name because y'all know I'm horrible at names, but I got the first part right. So her and I, we met a couple of weeks ago and we talked and I just thought that she would be an excellent guest to, for us. I know that she has so much to share. Um, she likes stories just as well as I do. And we both understand how powerful stories are and how powerful it is, you know, to share how you go through different things in your life and help in hope that it would help other people. So Jeannie, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, so I'll start with the, um, my name, Jeannie Moravitz Smith. And I know that's a tough one. Yeah, I would have messed it up. Yeah, and no worries whatsoever. Just call me Jeannie. I am the CEO of Dynamism Leadership. And what that is, is it's a, a mindset, mindset and leadership coaching and consulting firm. Um, I changed the name of the business last year from HRX, but we established in 2005. So we're a well-established firm here in San Diego, California. And we help leaders really understand what, I just came was thinking about this the other day, what ticks them off and what makes them tick. <laughs> and, and, what, and, and just simplifying it like that, like how can you be a better leader to your staff if you understand those two things? And I have many different tools on, on how to assess where you are with your energy leadership, for example. Um, so that's pretty much what I do. I have a staff of nine people, well, 10, a staff of 10 people. And we, um, we work with different size corporations all over the country. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. Mm -hmm. I know you listen to the podcast and, you know, I know there are several stories that, you know, you most likely you was like, Oh, I like that story. Oh, I like that story. But what story kind of like resonated with you that stood out that you said, you know what, I need to talk about this story. So the one that just grabs at my heartstrings is taking care of mom. Yes, I get it been yes. there done that and know how hard it is <laughs> that story I I shared the story and uh, as you know usually um listeners as you know usually I write my stories out and the main the main reason why I write them out is because I decide on how much I'm going to share and the things I'm not going to share so this particular story it was so much going on I had to condense it to the point where I was like okay these are very good examples of things, but it was a lot more that went on. So I'm going to give you a little background just in case you forgot or you haven't listened to it yet. It's called Taking Care of Mom. At the beginning of the, the pandemic, we found out that my mother was sick. 
And um, that was really difficult for us to take because we had never dealt with anything like that before. And I became the um, medical power of attorney over my mother. And it was a lot. It was a lot. And the first time she went in the hospital, let me tell (laughs) y'all, that was something. I decided to stay with my mom in the hospital. It was the first time that she had ever stayed in the hospital. I mean, she had children, but this was the first time she ever stayed in the hospital for any uh, period of time. So didn't want to leave her. My brothers, they had to work. I'm going to leave that alone. So I end up having (laughs) to stay (laughs) at the hospital with her, you know, just in case the doctors had questions or whatever. And I slept at the house, but I was there the whole time. I was trying to work from there. And I got so overwhelmed between the doctors coming in, me having to make decisions, me having to deal with my mom and me and my mom hasn't always been close. So you can imagine how it is having to take care of a parent that you're not real close with. And so one day my sister, she called and, you know, I was telling her, I was like, I'm, I'm about to lose it. I need a break. So she called my mother's caretaker at the time and asked her to come to the hospital. She came to give me a break. I went right to the chapel, y'all. I sat down and I mean, my heart just poured. I was just crying like a baby because I was so overwhelmed. I prayed and everything. And as I was about to leave, a gentleman came in. And when he came in, his face told it all. That man, I think he was worse off than I was. He was begging God to save his mother. And, you know, he was praying. I was trying to leave, but I didn't feel like I should leave. So I turned around and I went to him and, you know, I put my hand on his shoulder and I just let him, you know, I'll be praying for you. And I told him about the, you know, the scripture that talks about touching and agreeing, you know, that I'm going to agree with him, you know, whatever his prayer is that God is going to, you know, take care of his mom. And I left. But as the week went on, it was just me. I realized I had a really hard time asking for help. And I had to come home to get some rest, not only for my physical being sleepy, but mental and emotional because it was so draining. And, you know, I kept going back and forth to the hospital and my mother each day, she was getting worse and worse because that bed was tearing her up and she was just complaining and it was just a lot. So you need to listen to the story to, you know, to understand everything. But basically, you know, the story talks about me, you know, not asking for help, you know, just trying to take everything on myself. So when you listen to it, what were your thoughts on that story? So many, not just like my emotions and like my mental thoughts were, oh my gosh, I can't, I get it. I completely get this. I've been there. Like I said earlier, um, I am the youngest of six and I used to joke around during this time, taking care of my mom, that I'm the youngest of six, only child ever. ever. I got it. Youngest of six, only child ever. And some people are like, I don't get it. I go, oh, I get it. Like suddenly when mom needed me, where is everybody else? And even when I would call, my siblings are around, maybe they'll hear this. I've already told them this to the face, to their face. Um, when I reached out for them for help, they said, good thing mom's with you. Yeah. And I didn't even expect them to fly into town. I just needed some moral support on the phone. And I didn't even get that. Yes. So 
I got to tell you, you made me think about something that I haven't thought in a long time. And it was really what changed the course for me with my mom. I thought I had to do all these things for her. And I didn't know what I didn't know. This is key. I thought, oh, I just, she took care of me as a baby. She taught me these things. I'll fill in where she can't. So if she can't pay her bills accurately, I'll pay her bills. If she can't grocery shop, I'll grocery shop. If I, if she can't walk into the hot, the doctor's office, I'll get a wheelchair. I'll do all these things. Mm -hmm. So my mom fell Mm. and I had to take her to the emergency room. Actually back up. I had to call the ambulance because she couldn't move. This was early on in the process. And I said, the ambulance came, they took her to the hospital at the hospital the this guy came in now again i'm all by myself and this doctor came in he said can i talk to you outside um and i said sure and he goes what are you gonna do with mom what do you mean what are you gonna do with mom you're gonna fix her i'm gonna take her home i'm gonna take care of her he goes no no you're not like what are you gonna do with mom and he was for the first time providing me help and assistance that I, again, didn't know what I didn't know. He told me your mom has severe dementia and Alzheimer's. She cannot live alone. And guess what, sister, you can't take care of her a hundred percent of the time. And I didn't know that. So talking about help, I was going to talk about all these things that I did and the people I like learned how later on to ask for help, but it really started there. This doctor, this surgeon in ER pulled me aside as if I were his sister and he was a sibling that I needed needed because my siblings were MIA and he told me what I have to do. And I was like, and he, and then proceeded to tell me the process of getting my mom into a nursing home covered by the um, funds that we didn't have to, to care for her. I didn't even know that there's like a system yeah. and I didn't, and you don't know what you don't know. So your wheels are turning, your mind's crazy. And every day you're burning yourself out. It's physically, emotionally, and mentally exhausting. Yes. Days that I'm sure you came, you come home and you're like, what is my middle name? Yeah. I, you know, I lost days. I didn't know what day it was. And, and, you know, for you, oh my God, you had a doctor or somebody to call you. I didn't have that. I just didn't know. And it took me the longest time because I had to go through so many people to figure out what to do. And I'm like, you had a doctor. I will say this. I did have one person um, in my state who worked for the state. And I end up having like to call the, the, you know, the capital of, of our state and say, listen, somebody needs to help me. And she guided me. It was a male and a female and they guided me through. I'm telling you, it's just one person can just like. And that, that one person connected me with another person that kicked Mm -hmm. me into another person. So it takes one person. Had I not had him, I'd still be trying to find answers he came to me. It was a gift. I was yeah. like, who are you? I asked him if I could hug him. I was bawling. He was crying. Cause I was like, for the first time, somebody, somebody volunteered to help me. This is crazy. And then I realized for the first time I opened up to yeah. accept help big, big light for yes. me. 
So, and then I, I sat back and said, you know, your mom raised a really strong woman, but you can't know everything. So I would, so when somebody would say, Jeannie, we have this option for you. I'd be like, I'm all ears. Tell me everything. And it, and it was that one doctor that the admitting doctor in the ER who like, I, Jeannie, accept help. And you don't have, I thought I had to get it from my siblings. No, you get it from whoever will give you the help. Yes. As my mom was in her last stages, people would be like, can I bring you Starbucks? Yes. Can I bring you lunch? Yes. (laughs) What do you want? Chicken? Yes. Like, come on. Because I I never, I never used to accept help. And I realized that Yes, that was, I, I was given that for a reason. And that, that changed the entire last couple of years of my mom's life. Because the way that I showed up, I took any help I could get. If somebody said, hey, go see your mom and I'll watch your son or I'll let your dog out. Great. Thank you. And yeah. so I encourage listeners to, if you're asking for help and not getting it, maybe you're going to the wrong people. Maybe they're not capable of helping that is so true. Listen, listening to your, you know, what, what happened to you is in my, in my situation, a little bit different, but there's some very key points. One of the things is my mom lives on, lives by herself. She's not to the point where she needs to be put in a home. Thank God. Um, so I have, it's four of us, one sibling lives away. And then I have my two brothers And, you know, we didn't find out she didn't get like fall down or anything, but we just noticed some things. And one of my brothers kept saying, I think something's wrong with mom. We, people kept saying there's something wrong with mom. So I was like, okay, I'll go ahead and take her to the doctor. We went to the doctor, you know, they ran tests and then they kind of told us, you know, what kind of was going on with her. And so we had to like jump in the gear and I I was the only one that could do it because of my kind of background working in the hospital and being so organized and all that. So I took it upon myself, but this is what I did wrong. I did not have anyone as soon as you did. You took someone to the emergency room and there was a doctor. It took me a while to get someone because she wasn't in a home, but it was because you know, it was like, we didn't know, like you say, you don't know what you don't know. So we're thinking we have to do all of this ourselves. And I start picking up stuff. I start picking up baggage. I start saying, I'll do this. And I start carrying this and carrying that. And I was dying, not to mention dealing with the state, dealing with all these organizations that's supposed to be there to help you. And it was during the pandemic, people weren't in the office. They were at home. When are they going to call you back? They don't give you information. It was a lot. I mean, when I tell you it was a lot and each thing that I had to do, it wasn't like it was taken care of in a week, a month. It took oh, no. months. It One take, thing took over a year just to get so much time. It so does. Much. And that's draining on you. And then my mom started to go in and out of the hospital from, you know, medical things that was going on with her. And my brothers did the best they could. But let me tell you, I'm not male bashing or anything like that. But sometimes, you know, I, you know what, siblings, period. Sometimes they just, they do the best that they can. But I feel like sometimes they could do more, especially when you are overwhelmed. When you, as the person that's caring for them, you know, you, it was six of you all. 
somebody could have they, they could have just tag team i'm gonna fly in and help Jeannie. you next and you like, like each month somebody just come in yeah. and take the burden off of you so that yeah. you can get a break yeah oh my god so you shared a little bit of one story but do you have like a similar story or another story of something that happened because i really feel like stories help people and when we share about things that we've gone through people connect and they can put themselves in that story and say, oh my God, that's what happened to me. So, oh, what did you do? Absolutely. And I do want to clarify that there were years before my mom went into that hospital, to that ER visit. And and then that ER visit was just the icing on the cake that she never went home from. So there were many years of different visits and it was just that one that he gave me the advice, but there were years that I was trying to manage it on my own and trying to manage it with my siblings, assuming it was all of our responsibility. Um, I, I wanted to ask you, um, like I do with all my clients is say, have you specifically asked them to help male or female with a specific situation? Yes. And the, and they just don't come through. Um, you don't have to answer that. I, I don't want to put your siblings. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> Let's say if they can, they would, would, um, I'm going to say yes and no. Okay. Okay. So I have one that if he can, he will. I have one that not so much. I ask that because so many people, including myself, those many years prior to my mom going into that ER visit, I didn't. I would suggest or Mm. toss out like, Hey, it was hard for me today. And I would want people to step in and, or offer. And I learned, I've learned over the years that you have to be specific and ask people what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. And then they have a chance. So, and the other thing I wanted to mention is some people just aren't, I don't like this word capable because I think people are capable of everything. Wired. They're just, thank you. They're just not wired in a way to see like the downfall of their parent. And so I had to accept that with my brothers. It was hard for them, really hard for them because they didn't want to see her like that. Right. I think they do struggle. And that's what I was saying earlier. I was going to say men, boys, brothers, and, and, and it is true. They see things totally different and they can't handle a lot of the emotional stuff as like women can. The strength, you know, if if I need them to pick her up and put her in a wheelchair, oh, I can do that. But yeah. the emotional part, I think it can be difficult on men. It's very difficult on people in general. And there's some women who just stand up and do amazing things. Mm-hmm. And then they come home and drop down on the bed for three days. Yeah. Because it, it, you know what they say, it's like some moms have actually lifted up cars out of with the adrenaline they have mm-hmm. to save somebody underneath it, like when they physically could have never done that before. So when your minds, women have an amazing men too, but mostly women can do unbelievable things with their, when they put their mind to it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's true. I will say since I, cause there was one time I had the, the worst week in the world, I cried every day. I start having stomach issues and I had stomach issues in the past and it was because I was internalizing everything. And so, you know, my stomach would bother me. I was getting headaches. My back went out. I don't know, 
it was just stress and it was just tearing my body up. Mm. And I was like, okay, you're going to have to make a change. It took us almost, it took us a year and a half to be able to get an aide to come in every day to take care of my mom, to help take care of our mother. It took almost a year and it was a lot. That's when I had to call the, uh, <laughs> the state, you know, I had to call and, and get someone to help me and they were able to help me and tell me, you know, what your next step. And every person that I found, just like your doctor, I told them how much I really appreciated them. Absolutely. I made sure that they knew if I could go and put in some kind of recommendation or any kind of thing that I could, I was willing to do it because they didn't, they didn't have to, but they took the time. They yes, took the time to actually help me. And it was so hard and nobody understands. You can try to tell them. But if you're not in it and actually having to do it yourself, you don't get a full understanding, you You know, and then sometimes they go, oh, she's just making it seem like it's so difficult. You know what? It is difficult. It is very difficult. It it is so, it is so difficult. And you asked me earlier if I had another um, story about difficult times with your mom and it was nonstop every day was something that was a challenge. And as the time went on, I realized my life with her is very limited. So how do I want to show up in this moment? So not only did I start collecting anybody who wanted to help, absolutely, I would say yes to. I also realized I want to be 100% present because if you are feeling anxiety and emotions around it, they're going to feel it just like a child, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you don't want those feelings. You don't want that to be the last feeling. So I would always say, if this is the last day I see her, how do I want this to be? So I would always come in fun. And so the people that I couldn't get anyone to care for her in the house, it wasn't even an option. It's so expensive, like so expensive, like $18,000 a month. And I'm like, there's no way who, who, who can afford that? So I, that's why I had to put her in that skilled nursing facility, which is really hard to do. Yeah. Um, but I can tell you prior to her going in, this is a really quick example. Um, my, I mentioned I'd write the checks out or do her finance for her. She was writing checks out, say like for a $40 cable bill and she would send them 400 and I was realizing what's going on here. It's because she wasn't right calculating it. So I still wanted to give her her independence and her um, sense of responsibility. So I would have her sign that I would have, I'd fill out the check for the right amount and I would have her sign it. And this particular day, she said, stopped with the signature line with her pen. And she said, what is my name? Oh, I was blown away, but you know what I did? I thought so quick. I remember my value of, I want to show up hundred percent for her right now. I said, mom, the coolest thing about a check, it has a cheat sheet. Yeah. Her name's at the corner. Like, where did this come from? Like, I don't know. I, I thought of it. She goes, oh, that is super cool. And so she signed the name that was on the corner, but it like pulled her out of that dementia for a second. Like it was so I guess anybody listening, show up for you, but show yeah. up for them. And when you, you're there to make your mother, your father, your loved one, a priority, 
the benefit, you get a benefit out of it. If you put, you get the help you need. Mm -hmm. And I know it's hard. I know it's long hours on the phone. I know it's long hours in line turning in paperwork. It's ridiculous. Yes. The system is ridiculous. Crazy. And we're in different states. So I can imagine, you know, you're in California. I'm all the way on the East Coast. I'm in Virginia. So it is, I'm glad to know that it's not just my state. But one of the things I want to add to what you just said is in my situation, um, me and my mother wasn't always close. And this is some of the things that I'm just, I want to just share to any listeners that's out there. I had to do a lot of forgiving. That was hard. I had to go back and I had to forgive my mom in order for me be, to be able to take care in the way that she needed to be taken care of. I had to forgive her. I had to forgive myself because of some of the feelings and the emotions that I had, you know, dealing with her at that time because she was sick. It wasn't the old mom that was healed. It was the sick mom. And I had to go back and I had to do some serious like healing of myself, forgiveness for her, and then asking for help. And then when I did ask for help, if I didn't get it, I had to stop blaming myself because what I did was I felt like I was making an easy out because of my delivery and asking for help. Mm. I would just send it out. No, you know, if you could come and watch mom for a little bit, or if you can come and do breakfast and give her her mom, her morning mess, you know, that I would appreciate it. I just need a break. Okay. Well, that was one way of asking. And, you know, my answer was I have to work. So then I had to say, oh, okay, well, let me regroup and let me change it a different way and say, I can't do it. You all need to do this because I have to do this or I need this. And when I start changing that and letting them know that it was a desperate need, yes. the response was different. Yes. The way that I was doing it before, you know, out of my heart, because that's what it was. It was like, well, you know, you know. And then I was like, nope, you treat them like it's your business. I need you to do this, that, and that because I'm, I can't do it. hundred <laughs> percent spot on. That's what I touched on earlier. Like I would him and ha thinking that I wanted them to suggest, I wanted it to be their idea. And then I, when all said and done in order to even keep me sane for that specific day, I'd be like, I need you to do mm-hmm. this at this time. I cannot do it on my own. And they'd be like, okay. Right. And it's just your delivery. It's just taking that little bit and just changing it. They need to, so that they can receive it better. Well, I don't want to run out of time. Listen, we could talk about this for a long time. This could be a part one and a part two, because I'm telling you, if you are going through this, another thing, you know, I'm looking for a support group. You know, you, you need people that has gone through it you know, cause I reach out to people that I know who's, you know, going through the same thing that you are and they can be such a help because sometimes you blame yourself for things that's really not your fault or it's really not mm-hmm. you. It's the actual sickness, the illness or the disease, and you can't blame yourself. But I want to answer the, um, the questions at the end. I have some questions at the end, as you all know, I share my thoughts and then I ask questions at the end and this is, these questions are really good. The first one, it says, are you the person who does not like to ask for help? If so, why or why not? 
and we kind of answered it. <laughs> so I, I wasn't the person and I am the person now. And that transition made all the difference in my life. When I figured out, no, not only are you not Wonder Woman or Superman, mm -hmm. And it's okay. You don't have to do all that. I, I like burn that cape in the backyard. I'm like, I'm done with that. Like trying <laughs> to be everything for everything. And like you, you said, learning how to ask for what you need yes. and, and being vulnerable and telling people, I need this. I can't do this on my own. I need you. Yeah. They and that's not just you. with a sickness or illness. That's in life period. Period. Asking for yeah. what you need and what you want without the, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Without having that um, guilt behind it. There shouldn't be a guilt. There should be, I need help to keep my sanity. I yes. need help so that I can physically be healed and be okay. Woo! You got to put your oxygen mask on first yes. or you can't help anybody else. And if that means I need to sit back with my oxygen mask on. Somebody else needs to take the wheel right at this moment. You need to tell them what they need to do. And I have learned that a lot of people are okay when they're instructed on what to do if you're very specific. Yes. No extra commentary, no extra feelings and emotions and all this blah, blah. Mm -hmm. I need you to do this at this time. You in? That's right. Direct and to the point. Boom. Oh. As direct <laughs> and to the point as you can get. 100%. So this is the second question. You know what? I could talk to you forever because you are like, listen, <laughs> we are so passionate about this subject and we really want to you know, make sure that we help anyone that's listening. The second question is, why do you think it is hard for some people to ask for help? Why do you think it's difficult for us? And I, I really think women more so than men. It's the, it's the way we were in a sense, the way we were raised or the way we thought we had to be. So women, you touched on that. Women, you need to be strong. You need to hold your own. You need to be the, you know, the glue or the matriarch in the family. You can't let them see you sweat, blah, 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 blah. You don't want to be that woman who is the whiner and the crier. You got to handle this. You can handle this, right? And it's like, wow, okay. So I can't let, I, I got to do this on my own. And if I ask for help, Maybe that's a sign of weakness. A weakness. I knew you were going to say that. But it is so not. It is, it is not. so not. It As is a, a sign fact, of strength. You are, I was just going to say that you are stronger when you realize your weaknesses and fill it in with people who have the strength to, to complement that. It's beautiful. It's being honest and authentic and showing up real and being like, you know what? I'm human. I can't do everything. Kind of. We don't know what we don't know. We can't do everything. Yeah. And, and, and it's so true. And, you know, going through this, I think I, I am, I don't like the fact that my mother is ill, but going through everything that I've gone through is it has made me a better and a stronger person because of all the things that I've had to deal with. And I think in life in general, it's going to make my life better because I've learned a lot of things like how to ask for help without the guilt, without all those, uh, those emotional things that we women do, you know, no, ask for what I want and stick to it. And I also something you also said about giving them directions because it's just easier. It's simpler. It's easier. They don't have to think, just do it. And do you know, people want to help you. Mm -hmm. General people want to help. Now, of course, we've all met those turds out there that they, so they're selfish, self-centered or what have you. But in general, 
It's human nature to help others. And so if you give them, ask them, or give them the specifications of what you need, they will step in and pleasantly surprise you. Well, I found that out. Oh my God, this has been amazing. I'm telling you all this, I, I have learned from her. And there's a couple of things that I, nuggets that you dropped from me and I am going to use them because it's going to make my life a lot easier because um, I'm still going through it. Um, we're not at the phase where my mom needs to be pulling the facility or anything like that. But, you know, progressively, you know, over time she may need to be putting one. And I want, I, I love that I can take this and go back and listen to it and pull nuggets from it. So I am so excited. So please, Jenny, let everyone know what's going on in your world, if they want to connect with you, if they have a business, because a lot of the things that we, skills that we talked about today can be applied in a business as well as just dealing with, you know, a sick parent. Absolutely. And I mentioned earlier that I've been in business. I've, I've been, I've spent three decades in human resources and the last, since 2005, I've run my own business and it's a coaching and consulting firm. So I deal with leaders at all levels of their life. So I truly believe that everyone's the leader of their own specific life and their own family. So it could be personal or professional. I help people realize those obstacles that are keeping them from doing what they really want and being happy in the moment, in today, doing what making, having fun with everything they do. And even caring, there were times caring with my mom, I would make it fun. I'm pushing her through the hospital or whatever in the wheelchair. And I am like doing curves and dancing and singing. And people aren't used to that type of um, how people show up. And it made the difference for her and it made a difference for me. And when I could see her laughing, I still see her laughing. Yeah. Right. And so I, those moments, every single moment is critical, but it's not just for your loved one. It's for you too. Yes. Fill your bucket with happiness and kindness and have fun doing it. And if you're not having fun, your personal or professional life, you can reach out to people like me who have experience and certifications in coaching and, and consulting who can help you figure out what's one triggering you like mm -hmm. i said what's what ticks them off and what makes them tick what motivates you what what is triggering certain things that are making you unhappy today because you only live one life you only get one chance there's no redo that's true there's no redo well, this I is have, it i have your website and your social media links so i will make sure that everyone um, sees it in the description so that they can reach out to you if they want to talk to you, if they want advice or anything. Yeah. And it has been such a joy having you. Thank you for taking the time to come and share your story and your expertise and, you know, for helping us because it wasn't just the listeners that you help. You also help the host, me. And oh. I am so grateful. <laughs> I am so oh. grateful. I am so grateful for the connection that we made just yes. through the, the being on, you know, finding podcast interview people. I think it's great. Cause I think this me, this is something that's going to not just end here. I, absolutely. So thank you again. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen. I pray that this episode has brought some joy to your life and you have learned something about yourself. If you like what you hear, please follow me on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, 
Twitter, YouTube, and for more information about Miss V the Storyteller, you can visit my website at MissVTheStoryteller.GoDaddySites.com. Thanks for listening. Bye.